Welcome to the Highland Gospel Mission, a podcast to all nations. Each week, Pastor Keith will deliver a Holy Spirit-inspired message from Highland Southern Baptist Church to the rest of the world. If you have a Bible, we encourage you to read along and study the Word for deeper understanding. Now, here's Pastor Keith with this week's message. All right, if you would, get your Bibles. This is going to be a little different for you today. You ready? The 46th Psalm. Psalm 46. Have a question for you. Do you know how big your God is? And do you live your life as if that's the case? So here's, here's the deal, and it's something that I've, I've actually struggled because I've seen it for so long, and I even see a little bit of that struggle in my life as well. And this struggle is the struggle that we as individuals have um, with a lack of faith. A lack of faith, all of us have it. Am I right? Do you find yourself ever in a situation where you where you are actually in despair? I mean where a health issue, financial issue, some earth-shaking situation comes up in life. And why is it that our first reaction is to fear? It's to be afraid. It's to be scared. It's to be unsure. The lack of security in anything terrifies us as human beings. And I asked you the question, do you know how big our God is for that very specific reason? Because if I could ask you the question, do you live your life as if he is as big as you know that he is? Because you've heard me stand here before and say, God doesn't heal everybody. But if he doesn't heal them, he uses them. It's not like he's letting people go through the things he's going through because he just wants to see people go through things. I've put it this way many times before. All the people that Jesus wants to reach, they're in the darkness. And he's called us as Christians to carry the light into that darkness. That darkness, it doesn't isolate itself from us. We are just as susceptible to that darkness. And believe me, as somebody who walks out into that darkness and tries to help pull people out of that darkness, I'm here to tell you, anybody who tells you that you can walk into that darkness without having zero impact on you is lying. Life is hard. Health difficulties make life scary. Financial struggles make life scary scary there is so much sin in this world that causes pain and suffering in individuals lives we're not even allowed to talk about it anymore you can't talk about sin publicly anymore because all of a sudden it's nobody's business you need to just shut up and mind your own business so we sit back and we continue to just take on these pains these aches 
these sufferings. And before you know it, the questions start working their way into our brains and they work their way into our hearts. And that question is, does God really care about you if he's letting you go through this? I mean, your God's big enough to prevent you from going through this. Amen? Our God's big and complex enough to accomplish through us what it is that he's trying to accomplish through us. And I'm going to grant you something, folks. This does not come without pain. Anybody who's heard me preach over the last 20 plus years knows I have never promised you anything in Christianity but pain. If you're doing it right, you're going to suffer. That's all I've ever said. If you ain't suffering, you're not doing something right. Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Not might be, not could be, will be. It's a promise. It's supposed to hurt for us as Christians to live in this world. The sermon I just preached a few weeks ago about the pains that this earth is going through, that it desires to be fulfilled for all that is temporal to be passed away and everything that is eternal to take its place. Everything is aching to see the fulfillment of God's plan. And we're aching because we're moving in that direction too. I learned something quite a few years ago though. It's a little trick that I certainly... Um, be happy to pass on to you this morning. This particular psalm leads up to a point. And the point he starts with is this, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You see, here's where we differ. We're all pressed down by the struggles and challenges of the world. Here's where we differ from the people who are not believers. We will always be disheartened. We will always get disappointed. But the Apostle Paul described it in ways as, as pressed down but not crushed. I mean, it sounds pretty unpleasant, doesn't it? If God is our refuge and strength, what is a refuge? He's my fortress. He's the place of defense that I go to so that nothing else may harm me. He's my refuge. He's my safe place. And he's my strength. You think about it, anytime you had the guts to stand up and do the right thing, where did it come from? And in all of the things that we focus on that are so many negatives in life, how many positives are there? Because we tend to focus on the negative things, but he is a very present help in times of trouble, in times of difficulty. He's a present help. And anybody who's been a believer for any length of time can affirm this as a fact. Because I'm human, just like you guys are. I can get down in the dumps. I can have depression actually fire up in my body like it has since I was a young man. A young man. 
it is just as capable of it happening today as it is when it happened when I was 16 years old. The difference is when I start to slide this time, that downward spiral of depression, that downward spiral of anxiety, not sure how things are going to end up. When you start to downward spiral, you only go so far before you remember that there's really nothing on this earth that can harm you. Even though it'll be momentary, momentarily unpleasant, there's nothing on this planet that can harm you. Because God has taken everything of value and he summed it up in one word. Eternity. And he's, a, he's made that the most significant, special thing in every believer's heart. The one promise that he made. The promise he came and gave his life to fulfill. Eternal life. We have been first-hand witnesses, if we're believers, of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of the way he desires to influence us and our choices in the places we go, the things we say, how we say them. We see his involvement and his interaction in our lives. And even though he doesn't come in and strip all the pain away, why not? Why didn't he just come in and strip all the pain away? Because again, where are these people at? They're in the darkness. You don't go into the darkness without being affected at some point, on some level. Whether it's compassion for the individual you met with, or it's something that creates a deep burning compassion in your heart for something else, you cannot do these things without them affecting you. I happen to be a guy who thinks that uh, capital punishment is something that should be done to pedophiles. No questions asked. You prove that they've done something sick to a kid? I wonder why I feel that way about that. Maybe it was a 12-year-old girl that I once counseled who was being pimped out by her mom every weekend to four to six other men. See what I brought back out of the darkness? Well, if I ain't careful, it'll burn a flame to hatred. Because my heart's not supposed to hate. It's supposed to love. And the basket that catches you every time you start to slide is that basket that Jesus is holding, that God himself is saying, you need a place to come cry, come on. You need a place to come where I'll just hold you? Come on. You need a place to come because you need somebody to shake their finger at you and tell you you're off the path and how to get back on it? He is our refuge. He is our strength. His strength's perfect when ours is gone. Did you know that God does the most amazing things when we get out of the way? when we stop making things personal, when we stop making things about us, then Jesus has us make it about other people. But the interesting thing is, he will always have other people that will make it about you too. 
This is what a church family is. I hope that when people come to church, they hear an encouraging message, whether it's a convicting message or it's just an encouraging message or it's a mix of both. I don't care what it is. My hope is that people walk out of here feeling more secure in their relationship with Jesus Christ than they ever have before. Being quicker to be able to pull him to mind when these situations and these dark circumstances come up in our lives so that we can remember God is our protection. He's our protection. Where was God? Present. He was there. Verse 2 says, Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the earth of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake and its swelling pride, Selah! There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy dwelling place is the most high. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. He raised his voice and the earth melted we can end it all we can start praying to end it all are you so tired of the pain and so tired of the disappointment and so tired of the financial difficulties and the health difficulties are you so tired that you would ask Jesus right now to end it today understanding what the cost would be of all the loss that's on the planet right now you ready to? When I was a kid, we had six acres. At six acres, there was blackberry bushes all over the place around the six acres. Anybody ever gone blackberry bush hunting in a wild blackberry bush briar? The somebody didn't lay it out in a straight line and, a, and but I loved blackberries I can't stand blackberry cobbler sorry but I loved raw blackberries just eat them off the plant the funny thing was though in order for me to get to the blackberries because four boys how long you think it told us to eat how, how long you think it took us to eat the outer layer it always goes first right it's the easiest ones to get to right don't have to worry about the thorns don't have to but then once you ate them all around the outside, the only ones that were there were inside the briars. How bad did I want the blackberries? But I didn't want the blackberries that bad. It'd be like, hey, I'm not willing to put up with the cost. I'm going to walk away from this, and I'm not going to have another blackberry until they grow back out. Or I can walk up to it and say, I'm going to be as careful as I can. Chances are I'm not going to come out of this unscathed. Are the blackberries worth it? I'm going to come home with a couple scratches on my arms and bleeding and that irritating burning itch that those thorns cause. Do you want to see us get to the good part? And by good part, I don't mean just the good part for you. 
I'm talking about the good part for every person on this planet. The part that provides them the next opportunity to come to know Jesus. Because every one of us, and I have to believe this, folks, every one of us are on the path that we are on, experiencing the life that we are experiencing, and all of this pain and all of this suffering that's going on in the world right now, it's just working our way through the briars to the blackberries. You're not going to come out of it unscathed. Not only are you not going to come out of it unscathed, it makes it one of the most difficult circumstances in life to be able to say the same thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. I believe that my Lord, my God, will deliver me. But even if he doesn't, I will never bend the knee to your idol. That's faith. That's the kind of relationship when we reach that point. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Verse 8 says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Somebody read that next one. I'll tell you now, I don't like the way that the New American Standard words this. I prefer the way that it was traditionally phrased in the English. It does mean the same thing. Be still and know that I am God. Because the reality is every one of us folks, our minds go crazy. And, and, and I'm throwing myself in that too. We get caught up in all these issues in life. And when we get caught up in all these issues in life, you have to be willing to admit with me, we allow our brains to be flapped out there and all of these questions that we have, and ultimately, we're not looking at God and saying, God, I am your servant. You do with me as you will, and may you glorify yourself. And those who don't know you come to know you, and those who do know you know you more through whatever you have planned for me. Here am I. Send me. Do with me whatever you will. That's not what happens. We start asking all the questions, expecting answers. And occasionally, even I myself as a preacher, I've got to sit myself down and I've got to stop letting my brain run. Because half of the things that my brain run on are assumptions. How I many of you guys ever get any news and you all of a sudden tip that cliff like it's the worst ever? We're human beings. That's what we do. But there comes a point where God wants, he wants me as a preacher. For some time, for I, I don't know why, for some reason today, he wanted me to hammer this verse. Be still 
and know that I am God. I have shown my works across the globe. Creation itself says who I am. My inner involvements in your life shows who I am. Everything, everything about the scripture affirms who I am. Be still. Stop thinking about all of the things that are around you. Stop allowing Satan to influence your thought processes. Don't let him take over. Stop. Stop. And know that I am God. Do you think anything on this planet doesn't turn out the way God wants it to? He knows the sacrifice. And even though he knows the sacrifice, we will never be asked to sacrifice as much as he did. People say, oh, well, anybody could be crucified. I'm not talking about the crucifixion. I'm not talking about the mockery. I'm not talking about the beating. I'm talking about that moment in time where the three who had been perfectly united for all eternity. Imagine that day Jesus took all of the world's sins upon his back. You remember? Jesus knew what had happened. Remember what he said? Father. Here's his exact words. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That moment in time where the second person of the Trinity was ripped from the Trinity and the perfect three became two. Imagine what he felt when he had literally had a third of himself ripped from himself. Jesus had two thirds, the other two had a third. Doesn't matter what we go through in life. I'll pray for you because I want strength for you. And I want nothing more than for God, whatever the circumstance may be, I want nothing more than for God to use you to the fullest extent. I feel for you if that means that you've got to go through the briar bush. And it encourages me to pray for you more, but please, please don't leave this place today thinking there is ever any coincidences in this. Somebody asked me the other day, like, why in the world are you working at Walmart? Seems like that this whole thing, transition thing, would have happened by then. Well, there have been several people at Walmart that I've had an opportunity to, to share the gospel with, opportunity to help through some difficulties. I'm not going to say that was wasted time. God's doing whatever he wants to. I told you when I started this, was I going to like it? Nope. It was going to be no fun. I knew this going in. But what do you do? Do you tell God no? Or is it best just to maybe sit down and try to remember who it is that you're talking to? Who it is that we made that covenant with? Who it is that ultimately we told, Lord, here I am, send me. 
you get to live life as a believer in Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? Under no circumstance is life hopeless. There is no such thing as hopelessness. Thanks to Jesus. Jesus Christ called us his friend. Let that sink in for a second. He even explained what that meant. Everything the Father has said to me, I have told you. I want you to think about this. And I want you to look, seriously think about this because I want to see the expression change on people's faces when you catch this. All right? The creator of the universe is your friend. He's your friend. My dad died of cancer. I'd love to have him here. Can't muster up the strength to ask God to give him back, though. Why? Because I'm not about to call him out of something that God promised him a long time ago that he's already experiencing. Can I ask you a serious question? Why do we fight so hard to stay here? That's a serious question to ponder. Because it'll kind of help us put things, at least see things that we have placed as priorities in our life, where those things stack up. I've always stood up here and told you, I have no problem telling you. The biggest difficulty that I have with leaving is my kids, my grandkids, my wife. Uh, Ta-ta, I'll see you guys later. (laughs) You get what I'm saying, though? I mean, you, you know, you're concerned about people. You're concerned about family, and you don't want to leave them here to fend for themselves. But if we honestly are fighting that hard to stay here, can we really understand where we're going? Probably one of my favorite restaurants is Texas Roadhouse. If... if If Texas Roadhouse is my favorite restaurant, I'm occasionally at least going to try to get there, right? But how much sense would it make to everybody for me to go, I love Texas Roadhouse, man, it is the bomb, but I never go. How much sense does that make? When we realize who we are and we realize who God is and what that relationship looks together, what, the, what it looks like together, then that relationship, that's home. In other words, a lot of us, we will go out and we will live out there. Now, I'm not saying that we don't take Jesus with us, but I'm saying that we live out there the life that we've placed ourselves into, and then we come back into this place to recharge our batteries. But I'm going to challenge you in this. This is not a place to recharge your batteries. It's a place for you to be taught, a place for you to be encouraged, Uh, when you've got all this stuff that's going on in life, we as individual believers, being still, knowing that he is God, did you notice the second part of that, by the way? I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. 
He didn't say, you guys have to exalt me among the heathen. You guys have to exalt me on the earth. I need your help. I will. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There will be people who staunchly lived through their entire lifetime stomping their feet with all the scientific evidence that they could find. There is no God, there is no God, there is no God. Well, I promise you something. They took their last breath. And what do you think the first face was that they seen? The one they lived their entire lives denying his existence. And how do you suppose that meeting went? I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Why does he say it like that? Because he is God and we are not. And that's where we have to remember he is God. I have seen him do things bigger than doctors could ever accomplish. I've seen him do things bigger than any human being with any effort or time or even bottomless pit for money. I've seen God do more things than any human being on earth. So what does it say about me if I disconnect from every one of those experiences and I decide that I'm going to live my life based on the instant and the situation that I'm in? God says, hey, go over there and sit down and think about it. Just sit down and think about it. Have I ever left you? Have I ever forsaken you? He comes through. It may not always look like what we want it to, but I promise you he comes through. I made the mistake years ago. thinking that it was still about me don't get me wrong Jesus can still make it about me okay people can still make it about me but it's not okay for me to make it about me here's why Jesus made it about me on the day that I trusted in him when I became aware of the problem the sin in my life that separated me from God the restoration of that relationship. It transitions us into an individual that then knows who holds the keys to everything. You remember the day you trusted? The day the Spirit moved you? You remember the day that God himself showed himself to you in in your life? Because for anybody who's had that experience, you don't forget it. It's unlike anything that you've ever experienced in your life, and it's unlike anything that you will ever experience in your life again. The the realization of this in our lives gives us the ability to create that cocoon where God has us protected. And it doesn't require us to go out and build a steel mansion. We don't have to go out and buy all of the armaments to defend it. We don't have to go out and do any preparation for this for ourselves. Didn't Jesus even say, don't fear the one who can take the body? Fear the one who can take the body and the soul and cast the soul into a hell for an eternity. What do we fear? We're more afraid of people. We're more afraid of germs. We're more afraid of everything under the sun than it seems than we are of God. 
And if you did something that you knew was going to get you in trouble, you didn't look forward to your mom and dad coming home. I can't stand here and tell you to live the perfect Christian life. But I can tell you that you will take life a lot better if you're always looking up. That's how you be still and know that he's God. Interesting fact. Noah's Ark had one window in it. Where was it? It was on top. Didn't have any windows in it anywhere else. Because if they could look out, what would they see? Death. Whole planet was being drowned. But when he instructed them to build the ark, he told them to build it with one window and it to be in the top. Why? Because for that some 140-something days however many days it was, half a year. God only wanted them looking one way. The Apostle Paul wrote about this. When he told us in Colossians to seek the things that are above. To set our mind on the things that are above where Christ is seated. And the reason he tells us to seek the things above is because if we only focus on the things on this planet, there is only death, disease, destruction, falling short. Be still and know that he's God. In other words, keep looking up. Keep looking up. Because if you're faithful and you have a desire to be obedient, then you just live your life knowing that God is using you in ways that you cannot even imagine. Because I believe that if you're his, he's not a cruel God. He's using you. If you're going through something, he's using you. Let him use you. Have faith in him. Be still. Oh, these God. If you're here today and you've never placed your trust in Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, uh, I can't save you, but I'll certainly spend the time that's necessary to make sure that you know the one who can. I ask you to do nothing more than to walk up here and tell me that you want to be don't do it because I asked you to. I spoke a little while ago about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit tugging on your heartstrings. If he does it, you'll know it. Don't question it. You'll be like, oh my, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Your first desire is going to be dig your hands in the back of the pew in front of you and do not allow yourself to take that step. But I'm here to tell you that if the Lord's calling you, he's calling you because he loves you. He wants this relationship. And if he does this, come to me. Tell me that you want to be saved. I will sit down there and I will spend whatever time is necessary to make sure that you know Jesus.
you're here today and you are a believer, life's a roller coaster. It seems like you no more than get beyond one difficulty and another one pops up, and sometimes two or three at a time, and the struggles are real. We pray for each other because of those things. But the fact is, once in a while, we would be a lot better. We still won't be perfect, because we're still fallen human beings, but we would be a lot better. Just to be reminded once in a while to get yourself alone, isolated somewhere, and just know that He's God. Talk to Him. Think about things from His perspective. Trust Him. Isn't that what we said we was going to do the day we believe? We're going to trust Him? Trust Him. Because I promise you that if you're going through it, and again, if you're one of His children, He is using you in enormous ways. Amen. Thank you, Brother Keith. And for those listening on the podcast, I want to offer that same opportunity to you to come to the Lord. If you've never placed your trust in Jesus, now is the time to do so. By default, we are all sinners, separated from God, and there is nothing we can do on our own to fix that. That's why God sent His only Son, Jesus, to come live a life without sin. He was put to death on a cross as a perfect sacrifice for that sin. And to seal the deal, He came back from the dead three days later. If you truly believe that and ask Him into your heart, you will be saved. If you're already a believer, this is a great opportunity to recenter your life in Christ. Take these next few minutes in prayer, and I'll be praying for you as well.
Thanks again for listening. If you have questions about becoming a Christian, discipleship, or if you have prayer requests, you can visit us at facebook.com forward slash BC. Have a blessed week, and go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Highland Gospel Mission was produced by Zach Link, with preaching by Keith Perrin. Music provided by Pixabay under Creative Commons.